Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today, and we're really pleased to have back on the show Maya Jaradot. She's a religion reporter at Deseret News and graduate from Columbia University's Journalism School. Uh, she's also just one of the great thinkers and writers out there. And she has a piece called The United States of Impeachment. Uh, and this is so critical. This is where we get behind and beyond the headlines of what is likely to happen and what is actually happening to Congress. What is it becoming? And uh, Maya, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me, Boyd. Uh, so let's dig into this. Uh, we have uh, talked more and more over recent years uh, about the oversight capacity of Congress and uh, their ability to convene hearings uh, whether that's full-on impeachment hearings or whether that's investigative hearings, uh, you wrote a piece saying this this might become the norm. This might be what we expect uh, are, mm. if uh, Republicans take control of the the House and the Senate. Yeah, something – I mean, that's, that's correct, I think. That's what all the analysts told me. But I think one of the most interesting aspects of reporting this article was the kind of framing that they put on their comments and that mm. – we can think of a lot of these hearings, um, oversight hearings, and even impeachments as just part of the election cycle, right? That we are in this never-ending election cycle. And I think that was something that really helped me view some of these things a bit differently. And, and they also discussed about how it becomes a very effective way um, to raise funds, you know, to start financing someone's campaign by, by sitting on one of these oversight committees. Yeah, and these committees, uh, sadly, I think what they're calling hearings, uh, I don't know if there's a lot of hearing going on because no one's listening. They're all they're all trying to make their social media moment uh, or fundraising letter, as you said, uh, getting ready for their next election cycle. Uh, and so as you as you look at that, as we come out, uh, I know there are a lot of saying, well, you know, the the Republicans did this, the Democrats did this. It's, it's a lot of finger pointing uh, back and forth. But uh, what did you learn in your reporting about that? Well, I mean, the finger pointing is really, you know, par for the course. And that um, I think Ted Cruz, you know, is a, is a great example. Um, he said, you know, early on, well, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And so, you know, Biden should inspect, uh, expect to be impeached if he's reelected. But, you know, the analyst I spoke to said, you know, there's a difference between, um, you know, how people speak to their, you know, potential voters versus what they're actually going to do. Mm. So I, I think one of the other very interesting aspects, you know, besides the um, the posturing is also that this kind of points to tensions in the Republican Party, right? Mm. 
Yeah. And that there are Republicans that, yeah, would definitely love to, like, impeach Biden and love to kind of um, be part of that spectacle. But there are other Republicans, more moderate, you know, Republicans that are aware that this could actually damage the party and that it could backfire. And I, I, that was one of the most interesting things um, that came out in my reporting is that, you know, that actually some of the, the, the debate around, you know, what sort of investigations to have or what sort of, you know, whether or not to impeach you know, would come down to that kind of broader struggle right now for the soul of the Republican Party, which is a topic I'm really interested in. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's so interesting uh, as those go back, really this weaponization of uh, both impeachment, uh, but also in terms of just oversight in general. Uh, I, I think mm-hmm. the, the greatest line of uh, 2016 was that the, the, the most uh, surprised people on election night were Hillary Clinton because she lost, Donald Trump mm-hmm. because he won, uh, and Utah Representative Jason Chaffetz, who was then the head of the Oversight Committee, uh, who thought he was going to be spending the next several years doing impeachment proceedings and oversight uh, uh, hearings about Hillary Clinton. Uh, and sadly, that's mm. sort of become the norm on both sides of the aisle of we can do these things and we can weaponize it. Uh, and so that becomes a, a really interesting thing, uh, which also prevents the committees from actually focusing on what they're supposed to be doing in terms of, of legislating. Yeah, well, and that was something I asked the experts about, like, you know, if, if, if the administration or um, if the House gets bogged down in investigations, I mean, is it going to be like that nothing moves on a policy level? And they said, well, it could be that the media becomes occupied with the investigations and the hearings and, you know, whatever. But that policy can still move. So experts kind of broaden my thinking about that a bit, that it can be both. Right. It doesn't have to be either investigations or legislation. But something else that came up in my reporting that I found really, really interesting um, and that a lot of our listeners you know, might remember is that um, actually the Democrats gained seats, you know, around the time of Bill Clinton's impeachment. So it's not always so linear that an impeachment, you know, um, damages, you know, the the person being impeached or the president being impeached. It it can also strengthen them if it looks so overtly partisan, right? Um, That can backfire. So I think that's, you know, some of the consideration that the Republicans will be making um, in the future, if there is a kind of decision whether or not um, to impeach Biden, because you know what the the analysts told me is that the Republicans have a, have a good shot at 2024. You know, my personal opinion is, especially if they put up DeSantis and not Trump, they will have an even better shot. And uh, I, I know I've heard the criticisms about him being wooden and this, that, and the other, but but still, people love DeSantis. Um, and I think that, you know, some of the more moderate Republicans, you know, are, would be nervous about potentially losing that 2024 shot by putting on some big show of impeaching Biden and that the impeachment wouldn't be successful anyway. Right. You know, so 
people are thinking about 2024, I think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sadly, we're uh, we're now doing the calculus, as you pointed out in your in your piece, Maya, that we're we're now calculating whether or not to impeach. Uh, based on political analysis, as opposed to mm. did they do did they commit a high crime or misdemeanor, or was there something that happened or took place under their watch uh, that is an impeachable offense? Uh, and sadly, when the calculus becomes so political, uh, then then we've really lost our way uh, because then we really mm. have weaponized the process, and I think that just further undermines uh, the confidence of the American people. Uh, in terms of what Congress is doing or what Congress is capable of doing? Well, when you weaponize a process, I mean, you you diminish it of its meaning or power. It Mm. becomes empty, you know? And, I mean, you you see this in in, in so many arenas. I I think about, too, how, um, and I'm not thinking about Kanye West, but I'm thinking about the word anti-Semitic. I mean, how Mm. casually that is often tossed about. And so it strips the word of its meaning. I mean, it's the same right with impeachment, if you're just going back and forth and, and every administration is, you know, uh, you know, the Democrats are impeaching Republicans, the Republicans say, oh, it's our turn to impeach, then and it becomes meaningless. And, yeah. and you know, that that's problematic. I mean, our our institutions, our procedures need to have meaning. They can't just be for show. Yeah. Uh, so good. Maya Jaredot, as always, appreciate your perspective. Uh, great insight. We look forward to having you back real soon. Well, thanks for having me, Boyd. All right, and that's uh, Maya Jaredot, and I think uh, she raised something really important there uh, right at the end, that we are draining our words of meaning. So if we drain the real meaning of the word impeachment, uh, if we drain it from its historical and constitutional context uh, in terms of what it is for, when it should be deployed, and how it should be done, and if instead we make it to mean that you're the party out of power— and this is your way of getting back in power is by bogging down an administration uh, with frivolous uh, or trumped up uh, charges in terms of impeachment. And if presidents have to spend all of their time dealing with impeachment proceedings rather than governing, and if Congress is spending the bulk of its time focused on impeachment and politicking rather than governing, uh, then we're in a really bad spot for the republic. Uh, and that's neither Democrats nor Republicans. That's everybody. Uh, and so that's what we've got to watch. Uh, great perspective, great piece by by Maya Jaredot uh, there at Deseret.com. Check that out today as well. All right, we'll step aside for some bottom of the hour news. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.